Hi, this is Becky McRae. I'm here with Deb Brown. We're going to talk about our five small town stories for the week. Deb, how are things in Iowa today? Uh, it's 60 some degrees and it's beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we love the good weather. It's good to be getting towards spring. And our first story today is going to be how a small town in Kentucky revitalized their struggling Main Street with local food and local businesses. So the thing I love about this story is I don't care what you use to revitalize your downtown as long as you pick something and use it. And food is as good as anything. And food makes a very tasty hook. And they used it as a hook to draw people downtown. This one really 7,300 people and 20 new businesses. Oh my God. It's crazy. This one just filled my heart. I was on the phone calling people. Have you read this article? This it's amazing. This one really inspired me. Great story. Okay, good one. Uh, the next one is that Wall Street analysts are predicting the slow demise of Wall Street, Walmart and Target. And um, I, I won't shed any tears necessarily over the slow demise of the giant big box retail. I thought it was interesting what they pointed to as the culprits that are killing off the giant retail, which was much more narrow format stores like, you know, small town stores. Um, and they were hit. Walmart had such a hard time getting good traction in rural areas. They just recently tried and shuttered a whole bunch of stores because it was not working for them. So it's interesting to see these changes that are going on in big retail. I thought, it, you know, I'm a fan of Main Street retailers, so I'm really happy to see that they're holding their own and um, great news, really great news. I'm a fan of the small downtown, so it's a good thing for me. In fact, you're wearing your downtown heart T-shirt today, which is says what downtown is the heart of the city. That's so, right. One of the things that you can do to make downtown the heart of your city is actually encourage people to work out of doors. Um, when I visited Webster City and saw Deb there, we walked around the square there in Webster City, and I pointed to the empty lot that sits just behind the Chamber of Commerce office. I said, why aren't you all using that as an office? Why aren't you out there working when the weather is nice? And so this story from Wayfair Supply on how to make an outdoor office space actually really caught my eye. I thought, now here's a great example. If you're outdoors, you're so much easier to approach as people walk by. It's an opportunity for connections. Community happens when people talk to each other. So if you're out of doors, more people can talk to you. You know, funny you just meant that you sent this article. I was just over to the bank that owns our building and uh, pulled one of our connections over there. I said, come outside and look at this spot and showed it to him. And I'm like, what if we made this like a tiny little break area for our office and your office? Because it's smack dab between the two of them. And he just really thought that was a great idea. So I think we're going to do something this year. I thought it was pretty awesome. Great there's some great tips in there of things to consider besides just furniture, the other things that you need to think about in order to make an outdoor office a successful thing. Yep, definitely, including Wi-Fi. And it's amazing how many uh, downtown locations actually do have Wi-Fi. Yeah, there's a lot of spillover. There's a lot of Wi-Fi that's coming out of existing businesses. There's Wi-Fi you can pick up from here and there. You're close to the bank, you're close to the chamber in your location. So you're going to have Wi-Fi signal right there. And it gives you a great a great uh, tool that people can use when they're working outside. So besides just holding a break there, you can actually do some work there. Work for a couple hours in the afternoon when the weather is just perfect and beautiful. That's right. Okay, so our next article is from the Dover Post, which says... Pop, fledgling business owners' dreams come true. And it's about pop-up businesses. 
We love pop-up businesses because they are any temporary business. It's a stepping stone to building your way up to getting into an even bigger business without having to spend as much money, without spending as much time in a launching phase. Just do a pop-up and test it out and see how things work for you. And the great feature of this story was that they had 18 small businesses that were selected for their program in uh, in Delaware over four years, 18 businesses, 17 of them have signed long-term leases, 18 pop-ups, 17 long-term leases. When I was at the Main Street uh, National Conference in Baltimore, Maryland back in 2012, and we went over on a tour into Delaware, and they were at that time working with artists into empty buildings. And they were, it's very similar to what we do with our incubator program. So it certainly appealed to me. Um, when we think of pop-ups, we think of one or two or three day events. And they were looking at three month and six month, more of a little longer term pop-up. So I was excited to see that. And they were working at that time with artists. So that we're looking for a little longer space to do that in. So I was really happy to see this article too, because they're they're similar. They're working for longer term pop-ups. That's good to see that happening. It's excellent. I want to drive to Delaware and try some of those things out. Yeah. We would be remiss if we did not mention right now that you and I, Deb, will be leading a webinar on this right. subject of what this is one of the eight innovative rural business models that we'll be talking about that are ways that you can take other stepping stones that can lead you into a larger business so that you can use a tool like a pop up or a shared space or a tiny business village as a way of getting into business without having to spend three years in the in the launching phase or without having to spend every dime of your life savings in order just to launch a business. There's lots of smaller ways you can do it. Lots of business models that work in small towns. Exactly. And that is on March 16th. March 16th at 6 p.m. Central Time. And if you go to saveyour.town slash webinar, you will find the details on that. And we would love to have you join us there. We'll talk pop-ups and all sorts of other cool ways you can you can step your way into business. That's right. Our last story this time is about how to make friends. And it says how to make friends in the city, which is grow vegetables together. Now, of course, it's written from the city perspective, but I think this applies in small towns too. And so uh, there are lots of places in big cities where they'll have allotment gardens or small spaces where lots of people get together and garden together. And then you have community gardens. Small towns are naturals for this. We have folks that are older who know a lot more about vegetable gardening than I do, who have a wonderful opportunity to play a more important key role and in, in, in an active role in helping something good develop in the community. And what I really liked is that they're roving gardens. So they're not permanent. They're actually on wheels so that they can take them around to different areas. So they get a garden started and they say, okay, we've got things started here. We, let's take our roving garden and move it to a different area. And one of the things I just found out this week in our Leadership Iowa course is that in the state of Iowa, there are 180 different languages spoken. So we have, a, and I'm going to read my list. We have refugees from countries as Sudan, the Marshall Islands, Palau, the UK, the UK Ukrainian Pentecostals, Nepali refugees, Burma refugees, Iraq, and more. So more and coming to rural areas. So it's a brilliant way to connect with people over food, over gardening. 
So this really got my brain to thinking too, how can we start connecting with people and gardening is a perfect way to do that. So thank you for sharing that article as well. Each of our towns have people that come from different places, different cultures and backgrounds who all have different foods that they grow and different vegetables that are essential for them. And it's a great opportunity for people to just kind of connect over gardening techniques and tools and ideas. Community happens when people talk to each other. So growing vegetables is as good a way to get people to talk to each other as anything else. The more of these small, easy to implement ideas that you put into action in your town, the more community interaction you're going to reap from that. And the more your town is going to prosper just by the fact that you get people together doing things that are positive in nature. Yep, that people can share. Absolutely. Definitely. Those are our five stories for today. We whipped through them in record time and we appreciate everyone who is listening here live with us today as we record. And you will find the recording of this on my site, smallbizsurvival.com slash webinar. And Deb? Well, it'll be up on needalittleadvice.com tomorrow morning. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Sunday, correct? Yeah, that's correct. We will be. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye now.